Welcome to the Emerging Minds Families Podcast. Hi, I'm Nadia Rossi. In today's podcast, we are talking about new parents and the natural instinct to compare yourselves to those around you. It's human nature to measure ourselves against others. And with social media at our fingertips 24-7, it has become even easier to tap into what other people are doing in their lives. When children come along, we are forever curious about how other children are developing, growing and maturing, as well as how other parents are managing with the daily grind. Pictures of perfectly swaddled sleeping babies being taken out for a stroll on a sunny day are lovely. But when your reality is a baby who struggles to settle and a good day is managing to shower, these images can be particularly unhelpful. Today we are talking with Vicky Mansfield. Vicky is a mother and mental health accredited social worker. She has spent most of her career supporting new parents in the transition into parenthood, working in maternity wards, midwife clinics and with parenting groups. Welcome Vicky, thank you for spending time with us today. Hi Nadia. Vicky, it's human nature to compare ourselves to others, but when we are a new parent, Are we more inclined to fall into this behaviour? It's human nature. We're social animals, so we're primed to kind of connect. And so we look to others for reassurance, for guidance, support and validation. And when we become parents, those early years are a huge change. So there's so much that happens and changes for us individually as parents, but also children are changing so much in those early days that even when we think we might have it down pat, another development changes. And so we're always maybe sort of trying to play catch up in that time. We're just starting to get to think about our parenting identity. And so it's quite natural that we will be looking outwardly often or to connect with people for validation. And so with that also comes, oh, am I doing it right? And there's a lot of pressure on us. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure on parents. We're we're wanting to do the best for our kids. And so, yeah, I think we're looking for reassurance, which can dip into comparison. And when we compare ourselves to others, what are the dangers? I often talk with parents about two things, the shoulds and comparisonitis. So what I call comparisonitis, because it comes up often in our, my conversations with new parents because there is that state of change and transition and adjustment and so there can be this pressure that might be being felt by, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. So I think the comparisonitis is when it gets quite big and intense and it's quite outward focused. So it's this balance, I think, of finding connection and reassurance, but keeping an eye out for when we might be getting caught in or comparisonitis or the shoulds are getting bossy and really starting to impact our health, mental health sometimes or our well-being. As a mum, I learned so much from talking to other parents and watching what works for them. It's actually where I gained a, like so much insightful information about parenting. But is there a safe way to do this without thinking that I have to be exactly like them? It's recognising that it is absolutely hugely important source of validation and support to connect with others and to be real and brave in our conversations with others because I think that helps us then have conversations that are about the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's the nature of the conversations that will impact in some ways, but it also is about how we might be turning that inwards. 
say, for example, we're caught in some of that comparisonitis, we might have a chat with a friend and then we might go home and think, oh, her baby's sleeping through. Why isn't my baby sleeping through? What am I doing wrong? Oh, is there something wrong with my baby? Is, you know, is it, so you start doing this sort of questioning and it goes backwards and forwards. It becomes this real back and forth kind of worry really. And so that's when I think the comparisonitis can start to overwhelm if we notice that it's getting louder. And you can start to get that self-talk and you can be starting to have that worry sort of become more evident. And again, it's because we're really wanting to do a good job and we're really caring and committed to our kids or we're uncertain and think it's a new job and we may not have had many experiences with infants and we may not even have a great map to draw on. But like many mums, I am on social media and reflecting now, I can see that my social media use rose when I became a parent, whether I was, you know, scrolling while I was feeding baby or when baby was finally asleep and I had time to myself. I did also use it as a resource to get parenting tips. So, you know, it does, there are positives and you know, negatives out there, but yep. I certainly did find myself in a rabbit hole at times when I compared myself, my parenting and even what, you know, my family was or wasn't doing. And so how can we as parents use social media safely? You make a good point. Can be a source of support. So forums can be a way of connecting. And certainly through COVID, I think they probably increased when we weren't able to have contact with people. Lots of more people went to parenting forums or social media to, to make connections. But so it can be a source of support and can be a source of information. And so, you know, back in my time, I was a reader. I could have some books or I had a friend who is a child and family nurse, so I'd chat with them. But now it's endless and limitless. And so that's where the rabbit hole comes is that you could get lost down the search and it's competing ideas. You know, there's no straight, clear cut answers. The rabbit hole can jump up on you quickly. You can think of a mum that I spoke with who had experienced a miscarriage and was having another bub. And so she come and she was really feeling quite anxious and worried about this pregnancy, understandably, but it was really getting in the road of her well-being. She was using Dr. Google, I call it. <laughs> we talked about over over time, what was the need that was there? What was it that was underneath the search? And that can apply to, yeah, why we're scrolling. But for this mum, she was looking for reassurance. She was looking for some certainty. She was concerned that miscarriage can leave us with that sense of feeling quite helpless. And so she was looking for information to try to reassure her journey. But we also had to chat about was it being helpful? So that's, I think, one of the things when we're in the rabbit hole of going, is this working for me? What Checking in with what is it that we might be looking for there? So it could be connection. It might be information. It might be reassurance. And is that working for us or is it leaving us feeling more up for her? She was feeling more overwhelmed. She was, it was 
not helping her nervous system settle down. So I think it's, yeah, checking out how it's feeling and, you know, may not be a problem, but if it is feeling like an overwhelm, then sort of having some thought about those things. I think that's so great is having that in, you know, in mind, how is this making me feel about myself when I see these images and, you know, who are these people that I'm choosing to follow? How am I curating my own feed? You know, you can curate your feed and it's important to remind ourselves that you're getting a curated version. I've heard it described that it's a curated life that you're seeing. And so you are seeing the best of the best. And I think that's where it's important to recognize that if we're looking for connection, which is often, you know, it's not uncommon in those early months, it's repetitive. And sometimes we're feeling like we're kind of going over the same thing every day. So we're looking for some connection and adult conversation. When we're seeing the more idealized version of things, it can be easy for our thoughts to go into a negative spiral because, you know, we all have our own self-talk and negative bias anyways. We have to, I think, keep an eye on whether it's serving us. And I think in terms of that pressures that we might feel, it's just recognizing that it's one factor that can intensify some of the pressures or thoughts that we might have or the judgments we might make about ourselves because it is our own self-judgment that is either causing us to be anxious or, you know, that we can get caught in the spiral. Do you think with comparing yourself to others comes a level of guilt about what you should or shouldn't be doing as a parent? Yeah, I think the shoulds are huge. Nearly every person I ever talk with, at some stage we end up talking about shoulds because, you know, they're expectations, assumptions and judgments that are kind of invisible, that we will have floating around us that we don't necessarily kind of recognise are there. And often how it becomes evident is I can hear people say, I should do this or I should do that. And so everybody has an opinion about parenting and we get flooded from birth to the day we have a baby about the narratives of how we need to be as parents or what's a good child or a bad child. You know, there's lots of opinions. So our assumptions and our judgments kind of form the shoulds. And should has a pointy finger tone. You should do this. You should do that. (laughs) Rather than I could do this, or I could do that, or I might do this, or I may do that. So there's a difference in that tone. And so when I, when we hear shoulds, or when we're talking and I hear the should, I often say to people, oh, we talk about, you know, that, that they might be assumptions or judgment. And I wonder where they come from. And I wonder, you know, is that someone's voice? Like, or is that kind of our bossy aunt who's telling us a should? Or is that how we've been parented and that's what we've internalized and so we're judging ourselves and and maybe that doesn't sit right with us or is different to how we want to be? And often people will go away at the end of a session, they come back the next week and they say to me, oh my God, I never realized how many shoulds I have. And so it's not that we want to beat ourselves up about having shoulds. It's just, again, that we want to think and and have some space to go, is that something that I is working for me or do I just need to loosen the tone for it in terms of I could, I may, I, I might. Guilt, I think, becomes associated with those shoulds because if we're not meeting up to the should, like I should have my child in bed 
and asleep by six o'clock. That's what should happen. If we're not meeting up to that should, we might feel guilty that we're not meeting our child's needs. So it kind of becomes this backwards and forwards of either worry or guilt, or then if we get guilty, we might then get really low on ourselves. So the shoulds are tricky about how they can get quite bossy and how they can be there without us noticing. I think that's great advice, reframing shoulds to could or may. It kind of alleviates pressure almost immediately and alleviates that guilt. And that you have a choice again. So having a choice to go, okay, this is how it was done when I was a kid. This is what my family does. And family can have strong opinions about how you should do it, how you should do things. And so that can be a sense of tension and noticing if those shoulds are feeling a pressure and if they're getting too bossy. And if they're causing us to be frustrated, annoyed, angry with ourselves or with others, then we can take some of the, stand back from them, take some of the power away. It's hard not to see someone who we think may be a perfect parent and think I'm not good enough or mm. I want to be like them. What yeah. do we do when our self-talk gets like that? My first point on that is let's debunk the myth that there is such a thing as a perfect parent or that perfect parenting is what we're striving for. Perfect parent is a myth. It's like a unicorn. It doesn't exist. <laughs> but the only problem is that unicorns are cute and magical. <laughs> but striving for perfection or perfect parenting, it's a continuous challenge and struggle that many, 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 many of us feel. I know when I had little kids, I thought I can do it all. I can do this all. You know, I can work, I can be independent, I can juggle home and all of those things. So the perfection, I think it can be a strong myth that is very prevalent, but it sets us parents and kids up that striving for perfection because life's messy. Kids are messy feelings are messy, relationships are messy. So even when it's going smooth, it's messy. The thinking and striving for perfection, it means we try to control things and we get caught in trying to control things and make it all good or right or perfect. I mean, that places huge pressures upon us quickly. And the research tells us that kids actually don't need perfect parents. They need good enough parents. And that human nature means that Good enough means that sometimes we're getting it right and sometimes we're not getting it right and we have to repair when we don't get it right. I had this mum speak to me recently and she had the most lovely reflection that just really stayed with me, her and her partner. Her partner said, every time I went about the morning thinking and expecting I was going to get something done, I just get so frustrated and angry when it didn't go to that plan. If I sort of was able to acknowledge, okay, free that up a little bit, which is not always easy. I certainly get that. <laughs> it went smoother. And for this mum, she said to me, I don't want my daughter to feel like she's another chore. And so it can impact on how we feel about parenting or experience because we can feel like it's another chore to be done. I know. Uh, yeah. I've clocked myself rushing my children, you know, when you're rushing them through something and they're trying to just be a kid. Absolutely. Getting out the door, I think, getting out the door to get somewhere is always where it would come undone. There's always the socks that brought yes. us undone. <laughs> Vicky, how can we remind ourselves? we are good enough. It's a really important thing that we probably actually need to be intentional about, really. 
because one, we're super busy as in that first year of parenting or throughout, but in that first year particularly, we're super busy, we're tired, exhausted, sleep deprived. And so it can be very easily, we can be swallowed by by the busyness, the tiredness and the mess. And we are our own worst critics often, but also in a society, we don't necessarily always place value on the caring that occurs for parents. So we think more about productivity and in that sort of productivity, you know, we go and we produce an outcome. And parenting in those first year is much more about lots of caring that's maybe not as tangible. Even journaling, that was something that I did a lot when I was, after I traveled, I I started to write a journal and, and have continued throughout. Yeah, for me, journaling has always been a way, I guess, putting it out there. But it can also be a really a useful way of checking in with our strengths. And there's a few things that I have explored. And these are things that you can play with because it's, you know, not one size fits all. So they're suggestions. So there's one you can journal or you can, another way of doing it quite visually is you have a jar and you put notes in the jar each day. So you put a little slip in. And so then you can actually revisit it at the end of the week. And so some of the things that you can put into that jar is my intention today is, so you're sort of setting yourself a small thing that you want to to do that day. So it might be my intention today is just to be kind to myself or my intention today is to to take a pause or my intention today is to get the washing up done. The end of the day, you can check in with that sort of the intention, but you can also do it in terms of thinking about what you're grateful for because that taps into maybe some of the strengths, but also the things that are important to our heart, our values. And so that's, you could journal that, you could put that into the jar or you can do it as a text. You can set up kind of an intentional thing to do it to you, with your partner or with like a, a friend. So today I'm grateful for and you send it, the text off and they might and you get them to send you one back. So it's, it's ways to play with making some space for checking in what's of value to us and what's important to us or what fills our emotional cup. And the other ones are you can also do one thing that made me smile today because, again, it taps into some of the things that are going well for us or makes us think about it because sometimes we have to think hard. Or one thing I noticed about my child today. So, you know, that brings out that sense of what care we're providing to our child. So that's reminiscent of that mum saying, I don't want her to be a chore. So thinking about, yeah, these are the things that I've done well today. And this made me smile, or this is what I'm grateful for, or or it could be as specific as one thing that I did well today. So there's, I guess, you know, yeah, creating some space and could be journaling, texting with a friend, putting it visually and then checking at the end of the week. So some ways, I guess, to balance out our inner critics. I think that's great advice, Vicky. It's giving you that time to reflect and to try and find those strengths as a parent and as a person in yourself. Yes, that's right. And this our strengths and what's important in our in our heart. I find this one really quite nurturing is that at the end of the day or during the day, put your hand on your heart, sort of that act of self-care, befriending ourselves, taking a couple of breaths, just feeling, feeling out. And it helps our nervous system regulate because 
if you've got through bedtime and and, <laughs> and late night feeds or you know the hurly burly of the day that hand on heart can really just give us some, some moments to, to slow down and it could be you know again that experience of what would I say to myself if I was a friend telling me about how I went today and that's a really powerful way of doing it we can do that often we can be empathic and support but how does it feel if we put our hand on our heart and take that approach because I think we don't give ourselves space for that so it's that connecting with self but also being compassionate and kind to self because I think that is an antidote to the harsher inner critics, the comparisonitis, the shoulds, the busyness, and that finding ourselves as a parent that occurs in the first 12 months. Thank you, Vicky. This has been a really valuable insight into the importance of not comparing ourselves and our parenting to others, how we can protect ourselves and realize our own strengths as a person and as a parent. If you could leave our listeners with three takeaways from what we've spoken about today, what would they be? So I think notice if the shoulds are getting too bossy and remember you can choose how you want to parent and parenting is messy and perfection is a myth, but unlike unicorns, it's not cute and magical. It zaps the fun out of life. And I think to follow on from that, at the end of every day, take a big breath, hand on heart, and be kind to yourself. They are such great takeaways, Vicky. Thank you. And thank you for your time today. Thanks, Nadia. <laughs> you have been listening to an Emerging Minds Families podcast. If anything spoken about today has been distressing for you or you find yourself struggling, please reach out for help. You can call Lifeline on 131114 or more resources for support can be found in our show notes. Visit our website at www.emergingminds.com.au forward slash families for a wide range of free information and resources to help support child and family mental health. Emerging Minds leads the National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health. The centre is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health under the National Support for Child and Youth Mental Health Program. <laughs>